Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94. Once again, um, I'm Neil Manthorpe. My co-host, as always, is uh, Lungani Sama. Um, we'll be uh, talking about Australia's uh, upcoming series against South Africa, obviously, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff besides. Um, so South Africa on 99.94 is your new home, and if you've been joining us for the last couple of months, and it's not your new home, it's um, it's your old home for South African content, both on and off the field. Um, so uh, you can uh, join us on YouTube or on the 99.94 app uh, several times every week. And as always, if you get a chance, do check out uh, the new Mitch Johnson show. Thanks uh, for joining out, uh, joining us uh, on this uh, week's conversation. As I said, uh, South Africa's tour of Australia is underway. They're playing a four-day game at the Allen Border Field in Brisbane against a Cricket Australia 11. And it's a pretty strong 11 as well. Um, I was uh, looking at uh, players who have been in contention for a test place. Chris Tremaine, the fast bowler, was certainly uh, a contender a couple of years ago. Uh, but it's a strong team. Um, I, I, it was described to me by our colleague Robert Craddock, uh, who's covering the game of the Brisbane Courier-Mail as more like an Australian third eleven rather than, you know, an A-team or a second eleven. So pretty strong team and a decent outing, Zams. It's not first class. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big squad. South Africa using pretty much everybody, everybody apart from Temba Bavuma, that is. But um, first of all, your impressions of... Um, South Africa are now pretty much uh, set in, in in their modus operandi at the beginning of a tour, as in they don't want to play a first-class game. They want everyone to play. So it is a four-day game, um, 11 on the field, but I don't know, I think they're using 15 players. Um, and that's something that um, they've been doing for a couple of years now. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, look, I think the the reality is schedules these days, man, is are... So tight that if 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 you're just gonna use it as an official first class game, it's only just the eleven that you pick that's gonna get any value out of it. So at least this way, you know, bowlers bowl ten ten fifteen overs maybe, all your batters can can at least get a hit. Um, it's it, it's the easiest way to to navigate around a a limited time period and at least get everybody on the park um, to you know to familiarize themselves with conditions and. Um, I, th- I think, you know, if you look at the, the the way that South Africa batted, a lot of the batters at least got to start and spend some time in the middle, which is important um, ahead of next week's first test. Dean Elgar made 100, Kyle Verena made 80. Um, there's a lot of people still not quite sure what to make of Kyle Verena, the wicketkeeper. Uh, he made that brilliant century, didn't he, in his uh, sixth or seventh test match, the second test against New Zealand in Christchurch. And... And he's made a couple of first-class double hundreds, and he averages like forty-five. I mean, he's clearly a very, very competent uh, batsman. Um, is he good enough to bat at number six? And he he has a an idiosyncratic technique, as in 
he doesn't move his feet. <laughs> he just stands at the crease and seems to rely on a very, very good eye. Have you seen enough of him to have a judgment? Look, he, he's going to have to be good enough to bet at six because that's that's the direction the team is taking, firstly. Um, so you, you've got to trust him. Um, yeah, I have seen a fair, a fair bit of him to to know that, you know, the kid can play. He definitely has all the shots. Um, it's... You know, it's the, it's the old adage of transferring what you've done in domestic cricket when no one's watching and, and being able to do that on a bigger stage when there's thousands and thousands um, and some very experienced Australians giving you advice from 22 yards. If you can do that, you know, it's a temperament thing, then it's not a talent thing. But if in terms of talent, he definitely can play. You know, when, when Quentin de Kock left the scene, he was the natural replacement because he... He's attacking, you know, and he, he doesn't just score 50s and 60s. He scores double hundreds and he scores them quickly. So, you know, the kid can definitely play. And um, I don't think there's any question about um, his temperament. Uh, he's tough. Um, you know, he 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 may have uh, gone to um, Weinberg Boys High, which is quite a, well, it was Jacques Callis' school. He was actually, did you know that he was a recipient of uh, one of the Jacques, Jacques Callis scholarships? Um, which uh, got him to Weinberg, um, but um, you know he he's a he's on the tougher end of the of the private school spectrum, and he is a redhead after all, so he's got a mouth on him. No, he's he's not shy of of the odd word. The combination of redhead and wicketkeeper uh, and Jacques foundation, you know, he's <laughs> he's got a lot to say, which is good. I mean, you the one thing you need from your keepers is character um and, and 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 to be able to you know keep the team going especially in in tough um sessions so he's definitely not shy of a word um everyone he's played with at province says the same he's he's a confident young kid who you know is 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 is, is well well organized at the crease and, and 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 behind the behind the wickets as well um so good for him you know and, and you hope that the one thing that he doesn't do is change because he gets a bit of an extended run and 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 plays, you know, in, at this elevated uh, level of the game at, at some of the best venues in the history of the game. Okay, um, we'll talk about Temba Bavuma's absence from that lineup, um, or at least absence from the batting lineup uh, in the second part. But just before we end the first half, um, Lungi and Gidi uh, took three wickets up front. Gerald Kutsia, the young fast bowler. He's had a pretty thin time of it in first-class cricket. It's only a couple of games, but um, he's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Desorzi, the Western Province opener, had struck three hundred against the uh, the Knights' attack with him in it. But um, so Rabada bowled. I was going to say first class. It's not first class, but he he bowled long form overs for the first time since uh, the end of the last Test in England in, in September. So he's had a pretty extended break. Um, are we expecting? Are you expecting the the same five man bowling lineup, the four quicks with Maharaj the spinner and and Marco Janssen batting at seven? Yeah, I think anything that veers away from that would be too big a risk. Um, at least Janssen has been blooded um, at this level. Uh, the, you will need some level heads because Australia, if you've seen any of the way they played against the West Indies, you know they they're gearing up for big summer. I mean. Manuslav Skakhni can't stop scoring runs. And it seems as if, you know, Steve Smith competes with him anyway. 
Um, Dave Warner's got a point to prove. So there's a lot, there's a lot of ominous signs in terms of Australian betting. So the one thing you do need is a little bit of experience and composure from your bowling team because they're going to come under a lot of pressure. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, we'll talk about Temba Pavuma in, in just a moment. For, for now, we'll take a short break. Whether it's missing flights or retirements out of the blue, whether it's resignations or bans, as the old saying goes, there's never a quiet day in West Indies cricket. So make sure you listen to West Indies on 99.94 to stay up to date with all the latest fallout with the teams in Maroon. So uh, South Africa are halfway through their four-day warm-up game um, as we <coughs> record this. Now, a big talking point for those watching from the outside in rather than from those on the inside talking outwards is uh, Temba Bavuma and his fitness and his fitness to travel to Australia. Once again, um, cricketers South Africa are being very, very quiet on what is potentially, I suppose, a controversial matter. But Temba Bavuma, we were told, did not bat on the first day as a precaution um, uh, because he was experiencing some discomfort in that long-standing elbow injury. And then he didn't bat on the second day either. Um, and naturally, um, you know, Cricket South Africa don't do anything to quell speculation. There is naturally speculation about whether he was carrying an injury into Australia. He, we were told that he was rested, resting from the first two first-class games in South Africa before the, the squad left for Australia. Um, we were clearly, I thought, led to believe that it was a sort of a mental health rest uh, after the trauma and drama, trauma of um, the T20 World Cup exit. But if he was resting that elbow, which he injured months and months ago, which saw him miss the tour of England, and he went to Australia carrying that injury and they were hoping to manage it, how would that leave Ryan Rickleton feeling, who was told that he his, his long-standing ankle condition precluded him from selection to Australia. He then played for the Lions in those two games, scored hundreds in both of them. It's not looking good. Manners, did you, did you just invent a new word, trauma, incorporating trauma and drama into the same word? I did. Yes, I did. Trauma. I think it might stick as well. I could see it working, definitely. <laughs> I could definitely see it working. But moving on from traumatic... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> new vocabulary. Look, the, the, the timber thing, the double standard of, of picking one player who is clearly carrying, if you're calling it long-standing injury, that means he's had it for a while, which means the reason he didn't play was because he was injured. Um, and Rickleton <laughs> must be sitting there, as he should, going, well, <laughs> you know, an elbow is a bit more precarious than my injury, because mine is not stopping me making hundreds. Um, but an elbow, the fact that you've got arrested for two rounds of games that you need because you're out of form, and then you don't even play the warm-up game. So not only is he low on mental confidence, he's now low on time at the crease. And you're still going to pick him because he's vice-captain. I mean, cheapers. It's, it's almost an exact repetition of how he came into the World Cup. Low on runs, low on confidence, and 
off you go to the wolves. Like, if if you really wanted to rest him, it would have been an ideal time to say, maybe, maybe, let's not go to Australia at this point in time. Let's get some confidence back. Let's play some domestic cricket and just sort your head out. You're injured. There's every every reason why we should protect you. Because now, if if you go to Australia and you and you do not make runs at all, there's this added pressure of what happened at the T20 World Cup. There's this added complication of an injury that was masked when others were told to stay home because they're not and they're unable to travel with an injury. You're just piling up this this debit ledger of of, of reasons why he shouldn't be playing, but you're still playing him. And you can't explain it. And oh, by the way, since we're there, we're still waiting for this report or this investigation into the T20 World Cup. I think it's 40 plus days now. I'm sure we'll be waiting until the end of the season and beyond. But it's, it's again that lack of transparency and consistency, which we seem to talk about almost every single time we mention Cricket South Africa and administration, which is, it's frustrating. And I'm sure for any cricketer with ambitions to play for South Africa, it's a concern because you got the messaging is so mixed. So Timber's fine to travel with an injury. Rickleton's not. Rickleton's making runs, Timber's not even playing. But one's allowed to go and one is told to stay home because we can't quite trust your injury in, in Australia. I mean I don't know what else you're supposed to deduce from that except double standards. It's patronizing um the attitude. It's you know it's it's both superior and patronising. Um, they, I, I mean, and I don't know who to apply it to, you know. Is it the team management? Is it is it the communications department? Does it come from the players uh, to a degree? I, I think that, you know, they must take some responsibility for that. It, it is awkward. Um, and I, one half of me understands that it's it's a bit tricky, it's a bit awkward, um, so let's park it in the too hard basket. Let's brush it under the carpet and, you know, hope it goes away. They don't seem able to comprehend that these things don't go away. Not only do they not go away, they fester and multiply. Yeah, it gets it gets worse and worse. It, it, you know, it's like you say, they fester. And then when you finally have to front up and actually answer the question, it becomes even more awkward because there's this trail of lies or or things that you've just left out conveniently, you know, half-truths and, and half-statements and powdery PR puff pieces. The truth is, Timber was injured before he boarded the plane. And you've just made a big show of saying that someone else was carrying some sort of injury that doesn't stop him from making runs, which is the one thing that you desperately need as a South African team. It's runs. If a guy's making back-to-back hundreds cheapest, you, you'd kind of think. With, with you know, I, I can't remember any South African in that top six that we've got in Australia right now who's made back-to-back hundreds. I, I have to think quite far back. But he's doing it. Um, and it just... Yeah, you, you're choosing the more complicated route to try and compete, never mind succeed. Uh, but you're setting yourselves up for failure because the question will be asked. Um, and just let the Australian press get wind of this because they know how important Tembe is to that dressing room and they know how fragile he is at the moment. When you start asking those questions of not just him but of players around him, 
Did you know that he was injured? Did you know that he was carrying this injury beforehand? Are you surprised that he still came on tour because others couldn't come? How do you answer that? As another player being asked a frank question, how do you answer that legitimately when you're a friend of Rickleton's as well, a teammate of Rickleton's as well, and you know what he's done? It puts everyone in a terrible, terrible position. And how much can it improve, the elbow injury? Between, but you know, I mean, it's it's six days. Yeah, it's it's six days until the first test match starts. So, I mean, it, you'd have to bat. I mean, you'd if you if you were worried about it, then uh, then don't field, don't dive around, or, or field at slip, or but you have to bat. You have to bat. It's so it's so compromising. Any batsman will tell you that, regardless whether it's left elbow or right elbow. You know, your elbows, your your bread basket, that's what keeps you in shape. And for somebody who's so technically correct, you know, it's not as if he relies on raw power or an eye, like we said of Carl Verana. Temba Bavuma is a technically correct, uh, very compact cricketer. That that requires your, your elbow to be high and to be functioning. And, you know, if it's, if it's buggered, it's buggered. You can't change that. And... A week is not going to make too much difference. So you knew. You knew. The coach knew. The selectors knew. You all knew. And you've gone a blind faith. Somehow, miraculously, on the transatlantic flight, some miracle is going to happen and you're going to get to Australia and somehow you're going to be able to hold a bat. It's mad. It's just completely mad. But like I say, he doesn't pick himself. Um, and, well, he, he kind of does, actually, because as, as a vice captain, you're almost on the selection panel. There are certain there are certain common sense decisions that you should take before, you know, you, you can see the iceberg ahead. Pull out, pull out, because now it becomes just another crisis. Yeah, and we'll have a little bit more on this in uh, part three. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on ninety nine point nine four podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sarah Waris and I. We'll be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, KL Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join us our conversation we're on the old familiar hobby horse and i know that uh, we're both sick and tired of talking about it because we spent years and years and years talking about it but it is a question that keeps being asked and we refer back i'm afraid to the the old box ticking question um you know it, it, i have to say as i say all the time and i will re- continue to repeat it temper bavuma averages close to 45 in the last couple of years. He's been South Africa's most consistent scorer in the last couple of years. Yes, I know that his overall record, he sees him averaging 34. He's got one test, 152 test matches, and that was almost six years ago. Yes, I get it. But on current form, um, he he is undoubtedly worth his place in the squad, if fit. But again, the question that is asked is, is he on the plane? Is he in Australia, in Brisbane, because he's our best black batsman? And the box tickers 
say, sorry, Timber, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and play through the pain because we need you to fulfil our racial targets. If if he is, it's it's scandalous. I mean, you said on form. I mean, I can't I can't really use the word form because he he hasn't played Test cricket in in, in quite a while, and what international cricket he has played, he's not really been in form. So it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a half truth to say he's our best batsman on form. Um, Kaya's... Yes, form, form's the wrong yeah. word. Form's the wrong word. But I suppose I mean is, but it's a long time ago yeah. since he played a test yeah. match. It's over six months since he played a yeah. test match. But in the last two years of test matches, he's been the most consistent performer. Yeah, you don't carry form over without playing for six months. Form is three hundreds in a row, like minus Lovers Cockney. That's that is form. <laughs> um, um, he's our best batsman on 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 historical paper, maybe. Um, but you you can't. It's too big a burden. You you're scratching around for runs. You're scratching around for just confidence and feel. And if you've been forced on a plane because you have to go because. It would look terrible if if, if 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 you're not in Australia. He can't be the person who you know. Someone said the other day to me, he's the difference between him and Siakolisi is a he doesn't have a trophy, but also he he, he doesn't warrant a, a place in the starting lineup as, as readily as Sia does, um, and 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 that's a problem. If there are other options, rather give the other options. You know, this 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 constant pressure of being the one black batsman it, it's draining yeah but Kaya Zondo's there he's made runs he's bided his time he's fully fit and hungry uh, desperate actually rather play him he was he was in England he got on the park eventually rather play him you know it, don't don't try and mask the system and use you know one one poster boy and, and and throw him across everything and just hope that, you know, miraculously he's going to... He can't. He can't. And especially if he's not even fit, then you're really, really doing him and the game a disservice. He's clearly not fit. So, firstly, he shouldn't be there. If you're desperate to play back, back, back black batsman, then Kaya Zondo's next in line. Play him. Show, show, show the shortcomings if you're so concerned about the shortcomings of the advancements of black batsmen in the last 20 years, play the next best. And if there's such a gulf, it'll become very clear. But Kaya's made runs. He's played international cricket. He's he's probably a better bet than Temba Bavuma right now, purely because he's fitter and he's played more cricket recently. Um, so why, why would you not? It, it, it says more about how little you trust Kaya that you would pick a half-fit Temba ahead of, of him. Like... <laughs> That's that's really scary. Like, imagine how he feels. We're back to what we're talking about, Reza Hendricks, that, you know, everything becomes so timber-obsessed that you forget the next in line. Are you are you so dubious about what they bring to the table that you'd rather have a compromised timber by by any means rather than saying, okay, maybe, maybe I should just sit down this first test. Let's see how you feel at Boxing Day. No, he must play. He must play. He must be on the park, even though he's not going to bat. It's madness. It's complete madness. A couple of minutes ago, you had a list of questions. If 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 you were able to to sit down in, in front of um, I don't know a, a panel of the 
the convener of selectors, Victor Mpitsang, or and um, I don't know who else, the team manager, um, and perhaps, uh, well, not the coach, because he, he wasn't at the T20 World Cup. But, a, but if you, to have a, a panel of people to ask straightforward questions and demand straightforward, honest answers, uh, you, you made a couple of them uh, a, a minute or two ago, as I said, but you, you'd want to say, was Temba physically 100% fit at the T20 World Cup? Why, why did he rest from the f- two four-day games for the Lions? Why did he actually rest? And was he fit when he got on the plane? What else would you want straight answers to? Was it ever a consideration to drop him at any point? Was it ever on the table? In the T20 World Cup, and to rest him for this test match, clearly because he's not fit. Did you ever consider it, or was it he's going by hello high water? Is he so precious to the ecosystem that he has to be there, even if he's not at his best? I mean, Chippers, we, we've heard about his talismanic leadership, but you're only a good leader when you're at your best. You know, like the very best captains in, in the history of Test cricket have contributed. You know, like it's 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 all well and good. Like you, you've still got to go and, and and show that you can too. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart because it's you know, show me, don't tell me. Like at some point, you you have to show, you have to make the runs, and if you can't, you can't, and that's okay. Um, and I don't want to go back on this, but there was. A, a friend of mine the other day who reminded that in India last year, Timber was actually willing to drop himself from the T20 World Cup and the pressure came from outside to say, no, you cannot, it'll look terrible. But he was ready to sit aside in the last T20 World Cup. Um, I wonder if there was even a consideration now because it was actually more necessary at this last World Cup than it is you know, than it was then. And, 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 and the fact that he made that suggestion and it was turned away out of hand tells you the pressure that if we don't even see, political pressure from his employers and those who employ them, that he has to be the face of this thing. Even when he realizes that it's in the best interest of the team, it was shocking to me that he actually went into a team meeting and said, maybe I shouldn't play this game, someone else should. No, 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 absolutely not. No, you have to play. You have to play. No, but I think it's better if somebody else plays at this point. And the fact that he can say that and you can turn around and say, no, you're not serving the interests of South African cricket at that point. It's self-serving. And you're actually harming. And there was a lot going on in that last World Cup because he was betting for... Quinton de Kock, he was, you know, there was a lot of things that were happening even before he had to worry about runs. But the fact that at some point in that tournament, he still said, I don't think I'm the best to be playing right now. Should we consider another option? And it was dismissed out of hand. It tells you that there's a lot that we don't know about the pressures that he goes into every game with, not just as a cricketer, but as, as you say, as a box ticking exercise, which is terrible. It's a terrible, terrible place to be. Was it made clear to you who said no when he suggested that he sits out? We're talking about the T20 World Cup in the UAE, in the UAE right? not in the, the UAE, one just yeah, in Australia. Yeah. yeah. As you said, when he was uh, fighting, well, he was speaking on behalf of Quinton de Kock, who refused to play 
or refused to take a knee and therefore refused to play when they were instructed to. So um, he emerged with massive, massive credibility as a leader and, a, and as a statesman and, and a spokesman for the team from that tournament. Was it ever made clear to you who said, no, you have to play? Was it board, uh, coaching I w- staff? I, I wouldn't want to descend down that path because it, it then becomes a bit abundantly clear who who it was, um, you know, that that gave that information. But it, it, it came from a higher place because, I mean, if you're a captain, you're pretty high. So it can only be people higher than you in in the hierarchy who tell you um, that, no, you have to play. But, you know, you've just said statesman, um, incredible leader, and that was because of what he was doing, trying to deflect all the negativity away from Quinton de Kock and focus on cricket as a team. Um, but even in the midst of all that, when it finally went back to the cricket, the fact that he had the presence of mind to say, maybe not me right now. And somebody or several people have said, you have to. You have to. And he's going, no, but the cricket decision, what feels right to me is that I shouldn't play right now. I'm willing to sit out. And you're going, no, 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 you, 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 you can't sit out. It has, it has to be you. It has to be you. It's terrible. That would have done so much more for unifying that team and the people around it and, and, and supporters of it. And what it also would have done, which is probably why they've said no, it would have cast a whole new spotlight on this whole approach to transformation and ruthlessly sticking to numbers even when they don't make sense because you don't have options for many reasons. Form fitness, whatever, state of mind. There's a lot of things that go into a cricketer being able to go into a cricket field and performing. So if one of your chosen few says, I'm not at my best, and you still say, yes, you are, you know, it's, it's, it's us leaving a bar and I saying, man, I can't drive. And you go, oh, no, 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 you, you have to. You have to be seen to be driving. <laughs> no, but I promise you, man, maybe just this time, not me. And you go, no, no, it has to be you. It has to be you. The car is in your name. If we rock up, even though you're tipsy, if we rock up and I'm I'm driving as sober, but it's not written in your name, it's it's going to cause a shitstorm because it's 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 in your name, not mine. So it has to be seen to be you. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The common sense decision was taken out of his hands, but the fact that he made the offer, I think, shows the actual true level of leadership, which I think is why the players respect him so much because they know often he's been in an impossible position when he knows and he's made them know that he knows he's not at his best. But he's, he doesn't have the ability to make that decision and let others play. So who knows what happened in Australia? Who knows? He might have done it again. I don't know. It's terrible. We don't know because the, the lack of information from the management and the communication, it's all... Very, very bleak. <clears throat> right, in the next pod, we'll be um, talking about um, why so few South African icons and, and former internationals are involved in the domestic game. We'll also be talking about um, another Australian icon in David Warner. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us 
a welcome boost. Um, you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. <laughs> Cricket every day, your way. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing every friday we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview and chris and drew will be in your feed every morning from saturday through to monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track so if you want to be in the know on the latest in formula one subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com pit pass f1 a brand new show for evergreen podcasts